Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and this week we're going to be diving into message number four in Satan Unmasked, and today we're going to be talking about knowing your enemy. And I'll tell you, you and people all over the world are participating in a cyber church ministry. And I'm telling you something, we are giving you tools to walk in absolute freedom. And I want to tell you something, if you don't know your enemy, if you don't understand your enemy, you can't ever have victory over your enemy. And I'm sorry to say that most of what we believe about the devil, most of what we have been taught about spiritual warfare is not working in the lives of people that are applying it. They have momentary relief from their situation, but they never come to an absolute victory. And I want to tell you something. If you watched this last week, you learned about the triumphal procession. You learned that Jesus gave us an absolute victory. And we're going to live and we're going to walk in that absolute victory. And today you're going to get the tools to do it. I'll be right back and we're going to dive in. Man, I got a great download for you this month. It's fight your very last battle with the devil. You know something? I'm going to teach you how to live in victory. No more fighting with the devil. No more screaming at the devil. No more chasing demons around. You're going to win a victory. It's going to last forever. Listen, just click right here right now and get this free download. You know, any person that's going into a battle or a struggle of any kind has to understand what they're up against. They have to understand what they're facing. If they're going into war, and in a, you know, we are in a warfare, but it's not the warfare that we have been taught that it is. But if you're going into a battle, you have to know your enemy. You have to be able to perceive of what the enemy's doing. You have to recognize the signs of his activity. And really the person going in the battle who really doesn't know their enemy is destined to failure. There is absolutely no way around it. I'm telling you something. I've been counseling people for 45 years. And when it comes to people struggling with the devil, most people do not live in an absolute consistent victory. So one of the keys to survival in any threatening situation is know your enemy. Now, I think every Christian would say, I know my enemy. I understand my enemy. Well, I'll tell you something. Knowing your enemy starts with understanding his intentions. You know, uh, I used to you know, live kind of on, on the rough side of life, and I played in bars every night, and, and you always had these situations that would kind of explode in a bar room, and you kind of very quickly, in a conflicting situation, you had to very quickly understand, is this person wanting to argue? Is this person wanting to physically attack me? Is this person the kind of person who would truly seek to do me serious bodily harm. If you don't know the answers to those questions, you have no idea how to respond. If you don't know the answers to those questions, you're going to put yourself in harm's way and you're going to be taken by surprise. So knowing your enemy starts by knowing their intentions. Now, I have to tell you very few believers actually understand Satan's intentions because we have this glamorous, glorified, over-exaggerated idea of who he is. Many believers 
believe in what is called dualism. Dualism is a form of idolatry. Dualism says that God and the devil are just almost equally matched and that they are in a struggle to determine who is going to gain control of planet Earth. And they're in a struggle and that the end of this outcome of this struggle has not yet been determined. But I'm telling you, that is just absolutely not true. And all of that stuff comes out of pagan religions. And you have to understand, first and foremost, you know, Satan is a created being. So any concept of him being able to overthrow God is absolute foolishness. But beyond that, you have to realize that when Jesus was raised from the dead, according to the book of Revelation, which goes back and gives us an overview of history, Satan was cast out of heaven and he runs to and fro knowing that he only has a short time. You know, somebody wrote me the other day, and a very astute Bible, you know, a student, somebody serious about the Bible, and said, so, so Satan's main thing is that he just wants to be worshipped instead of God. No, 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 no. Let me explain something to you. Satan knows that he only has a short time. There is no place in his mind or thoughts that believes he is ever going to win. He knows that he's a defeated foe. And so he's running to and fro, really seeking to do the one and only thing that brings him any gratification, and that is to influence people to turn against God. That is his only goal. If you ever meet or read the writings of a pure Satanist, which many people in America that consider themselves Satanists or that sort of thing, they are not pure Satanists because they think there's still a battle going on. They've actually been deceived by the occult that they serve. A pure Satanist, like Karl Marx, he was a pure Satanist. He knew he would spend eternity in hell with the devil. He knew the devil did not rule in eternity. And he said himself, the only joy that he had was destroying what God loves, and that's people. So you have to understand that when Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy, we read that, we kind of polish that over. I got news for you. Satan has one goal for you, and that is to destroy you, not just physically, but to Affect your life in such a way that you turn your back on your creator. That is his intention. So that's the very first thing in knowing your enemy, knowing his intentions. Secondly, knowing his strategies. What are the strategies that he uses? I just have to tell you, this foolishness that we call spiritual warfare, screaming at demons and all that kind of stuff, is based on a misunderstanding of his strategies. Our problem is not demons that are floating around in the air. If demons are floating around in the air, they are influencing no one. And so if demons are outside over cities or whatever, they're not ruling and reigning over those cities. They have no principality and they have no power. They have no right. They have no authority. And so their strategy is to influence people. That 
is the strategy. And again, we're very confused about how that happens, but we're going to get into it. I'm going to answer all of your questions and you're going to, you're going to be clear about the devil and you're going to be through with some of what Paul calls shadow boxing. You know, Paul said, you know, I, I'm not somebody who fights this battle as if somebody is beating the air. He said, I'm not beating there. He says, I'm dealing with my body. He says, I'm dealing with my desires. I'm dealing with me. That's the way that I'm fighting this battle. So first, you know his intentions. Secondly, you understand his strategies. And we'll get into some of his strategies. Then we have to understand the way they operate to carry out those strategies. Now, today we're going to be talking about the tools that they use to accomplish their strategies. Some of the ways that his goals are accomplished. Some of the things that happen in people's lives that accomplish his ultimate goals. So one of the things I want to ask you straight up the bat, off the bat is this. Are you in recovery mode most of the time or are you in overcoming mode? Now, when someone doesn't know the strategies of his enemy, he finds himself surprised. He finds things happening in his life that he can't anticipate that he doesn't, he doesn't see them coming. And so the end result is he's always off balance. You know, when Paul used the armor that a soldier would wear to talk about how we prepare ourselves, by the way, every bit of that armor has to do with things that are happening in us internally. It has nothing to do with going out here and fighting like a person would with carnal weapons. And one of the keys is to have a footing in the gospel of peace. In other words, to have a foundation or a footing so that we are not off balance. And if we get off balance whenever we're in a struggle, then we have no time to do anything positive. We have no time to resolve problems because we're too busy just trying to recover our balance. So many of the people that come into my office or that call me or send me emails are in recovery mode. They have no idea what's happening to them. They have no idea why it's happening to them. They have no idea where it came from. And usually their ideas about how and why it happened are not scriptural. They're not based on the new covenant. I opened the door to the devil. I gave my authority to the devil. God's allowing this to happen to teach me something. None of that is new covenant. None of that can be found it in the finished work of Jesus. That's why we've already talked about the fact that we've got to start with seeing Satan through the eyes of the cross. See, I don't want to be behind the attack. I want to see and perceive it before it's done. I want to see and perceive it before the damage is done. I want to see and perceive it before I'm weakened and before I'm scrambling to try to find some way to get back on my feet. You see, I want to be in a position to not just win every battle. I want to be in a position to live as an overcomer. So I want to get you out of surviving mode. I want to get you out of reaction mode. I want to get you out of recovery mode. And I want to get you into being an overcomer. Listen, I'll be right back. You've got to hear the rest of this. My brand new series on Satan Unmasked is going to open your eyes to who Satan is since the resurrection 
of Jesus and show you how to have absolute victory all the time. No more fear, no more dreading, no more thinking that he's going to attack you, no more living in guilt and condemnation. Listen, the days that lay ahead, if we're going to live as overcomers, we've got to know who God is. We've got to know who Jesus is. We've got to know what we have in Jesus. And we've got to know who Satan really is. And I'm going to unmask him with the word of God. And for the first time, you're going to see who he really is. You're going to see and understand what really happened to him through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you're going to understand your victory in him is absolute. I mean, I'm telling you, it is a done deal. This is going to make walking with God where you don't even have to consider what the devil's doing. You don't have to worry about what the devil's doing. You're going to be free to focus on God and all of his promises. You know, we'll never get through all of this in this broadcast. We just don't have enough time. So be sure and get the series and the book that goes along with this, because I'm telling you, this is going to break this stuff down in bite-sized pieces so that you'll know what to do, so you'll know what steps to take. But I'm going to give you as much of it as I can. Now, listen, Lucifer's strategy is always based on one foundational principle, and that is the principle of iniquity. In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 20, 15, when it talks about Lucifer before his fall, and of course Isaiah 14 talks about, it talks about how that he was perfect in all of his ways up until the day that iniquity was found in him. Now, if you've read my book on the apocalypse, then you understand something about iniquity, or you may have heard my teachings about it. Iniquity is at the core of every struggle that a person has. Because, see, iniquity is a continuum that starts by questioning God's Word, like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Then it goes to a place of bending or twisting God's Word, just like it did Adam and Eve in the garden. Then it reaches a place to rejecting God's word. And then it ultimately reaches the place with replacing God's word with your opinion or with somebody's opinion. So the word iniquity in the New Testament comes from the word anomia, no law. Now, today, people do not know how to live free from legalism and at the same time, allow the commandments to be God's standards of morals, values, ethics, even the standard for walking in love. People have no concept of how to do that. So the tendency is to reject all of God's commandments in the name of being free, in the name of being under the new covenant. But the problem is Jesus said that the law and the prophets were not done away with. The apostle Paul referred to the law and the commandments. Every book that was written to the church by the apostles got all of its instruction out of the law and the commandments. But the difference was it was always interpreted from the life, the teaching, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It was never interpreted from a subjective, a humanistic concept. So Lucifer's number one goal is to alienate you from truth. God gave us an owner's manual. And in that owner's manual, 
if we see God as He is and we trust that this is not a bunch of legalistic rules, that in fact, this is just the wisdom of God. You know, the wisdom of God tells us that we should have borders. The wisdom of God tells us what we should do when we allow aliens to come into our borders. They should assimilate. They should accept our custom. We don't change to facilitate them and become what they are. The Word of God tells you how to keep all the civil laws so that really there would never be economic depressions and there would never be these economic problems that we have. It tells us how to deal with crime and how to actually solve crime. It tells us how to solve every life problem that there is when it's applied from the motive of love, which Jesus said all the law and all the prophets have to be hung on this one thing. So Lucifer's goal has always been to separate people from God, but the only way to do that is to separate them from God's word based on the true intentions that God had when he spoke it. So the two foundational stones of iniquity are fear and unbelief. And every other issue we have in our life goes through this process of fear and unbelief, which eventually takes us to iniquity. Now, fear is being afraid of God, being afraid you can't trust him, being afraid he doesn't love you. More than anything else, fear is not believing that Jesus was the perfect representation of God. And so if Jesus is not the perfect representation of God, then how you see and interpret and, and define what we call the God of the Old Testament is going to be based on your subjective humanistic reasoning about the intention behind the commandments. And so Luciferianism says basically the creator God was a legalistic mean God that wanted to suppress and control man. But enlightenment came to us through Lucifer who set man free from this legalistic God. So that's the root of all religion. That's the root of all humanism. That's the root of everything that takes us away from God. We're afraid of God because we don't believe the truth about who he is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you are afraid of God, you can't trust him. That's what the apostle John talked about when he said that the person in John chapter four, when he says that the person who fears has not been made perfect or brought to the ultimate goal of love. It says, because love drives out fear. And I love the way the living Bible reads it, which is actually pretty true to the original. He says, when we're afraid, it proves that we don't believe that God loves us perfectly. And so faith works by love. So if I believe in the love of God, in other words, if I see God through the life of Jesus and he's good and he's only good, then I am going to trust him. And that's what faith really is about. You know, we've turned faith into faith in our faith, faith in how to get miracles, faith in how to get God to do things, all kinds of things that are sort of true, but not really true. The heart of faith is trusting in the character and the nature of God as Jesus presented him through his life, death, and ministry, you know, resurrection. And until we see and interpret everything about God through the life of Jesus, then the truth is we are functioning in one of the early stages of iniquity. We are interpreting the Word of God. Actually, the Apostle Peter called it a private interpretation. 
And by that, that means something that just suits me, something that fits how I want it to be. Now, when you have unbelief, then you can't trust God. And so when you can't trust God, you can no longer rely on Him as your source. Now, you know, fear makes you believe that your desires are inherently evil. I mean, stop and think about it. There is nothing that God created that is evil within itself. And the truth is, Satan didn't create anything. You know, I'll tell you, sometimes I talk to people, it makes me want to scream. It's like if you were to have a ceramic of an owl in your house, they would start trying to cast out devils because everybody knows that owls are of the devil. No, owls are not of the devil. You know, some satanic group may use them as some kind of emblem or something, but they're not of the devil. God created owls. Or then there's the people, you know, like I told you about not too long ago, somebody sent me a stupid email. Triangles, everybody knows triangles are of the devil. Really, it's a geometric figure and God created geometry. There is nothing evil or of the devil in and of itself. But you know something? I know people that were taught that your sex desire was evil. As a matter of fact, I've even known of churches that taught that the sin in the Garden of Eden was that Adam and Eve had sex. Give me a scripture for that. See, we got these goofy religious concepts that make us afraid of God. So when we have these desires, we don't realize that these desires are inherently in how we were created and that God himself wants to lead us into the ultimate fulfillment of every single desire in a way that bonds us to him, in a way that draws us to him. But see, fear says that your desires are evil and unbelief says I can't trust God to meet these desires. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go find some way to fulfill these desires independent of God. And then our heart becomes consumed with attempting to meet these needs. And even when these needs are God-given, we feel guilty about it. Or we find some self-destructing way that we're going to try to fulfill these desires. And then we're going to have a reason to feel guilty. You know, it's this very concept that leads a person into selfishness, into being consumed with the desires or the cares of this life. If we're not getting our fulfillment from God, from our connection with God. See, Satan doesn't care if you worship him. As a matter of fact, many of you have heard me say this many times. Anton LaVey, who was the founder of the American Satanist Church, he said in one of his speeches, and I heard it myself, on the internet, I wasn't there, but he said himself that the truest form of Satanism was not bowing down to the devil. The truest form of Satanism is selfishness. You know, when Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon, because if you do, you're going to cling to one and you're going to hate the other. You're going to despise the other. Now, mammon... We've always been taught was money, but that's really not exactly what mammon is. Money can be a factor. Mammon is more about selfishness. It's about avarice. It's about, it's about this insatiable desire to use things for your own gratification. 
And the reason we go that way is because when we seek fulfillment, independent of how God says we can have fulfillment, it never truly fulfills. It satisfies the flesh momentarily. But anything that satisfies the flesh is like a drug. You've always got to have more of it, more often, and in bigger ways. And so we end up pursuing these things. And yes, it's sin. It's just that simple. And it's sin because it minimizes how we see ourselves. It minimizes who we believe ourselves to be. And it destroys us. It hardens our heart. And our heart becomes alienated to God. And at some point when we get to the place where we can't feel and sense and recognize God, then we walk away from Him. I'll be back with a mentoring moment. I want to help you move forward. Listen, if you really want to unravel all this in your life and you want to live in the victory that Jesus has given you, be sure and click now and download your series of Satan Unmasked. I'm telling you what, victory is yours. It's time to start living it today. I want to invite you to a outstanding meeting that we're going to be having in Edmonton, Canada, promoted by Docs and Ministries there. We are going to be having a Dignity and Worth seminar. I want to tell you something. Dignity and Worth is one of those foundational truths that once you have a biblically-based sense of self-worth, so many other factors in your life begin to come together. As a matter of fact, you can just end so many of life's struggles just by knowing who you are in Jesus and being able to experience who you are, feel right about yourself, feel the love of God. And we're going to have a workbook for you. This is going to be tremendous, and it's going to start on March the 31st, and it's going to go through April the 2nd. If you're interested in attending that, you can check our website, or you can check Doxa Ministries in Canada. You don't want to miss this. This is absolutely going to be a life changer. Before I dive into the mentoring moment, let me remind you again, please take one second right now and like this video because if you do, it will increase how many people get to see it, how many people we get to help. And at the end of the mentoring moment, there's going to be a thing to pop up on the screen just for one second. And if you'll just click the subscribe to that, then every Thursday when a new message is released, you're going to get it in your email box and you can enjoy it right then. But also you're helping me change the way the world sees God. Now, listen. Here's one of the things that you've got to decide. Is your perception of God capable to support God being your source? And of course, every Christian says yes to that. But so many times in a counseling situation, after somebody says, yes, God is my source, I'll sit down and I'll begin to say, okay, let's look at the areas where you are pursuing fulfillment. And, you know, they may talk about their marriage and then, you know, their work or whatever. And we'll talk about, okay, what conflicts are you having in those areas? And then we'll say, okay, what scriptural process are you using to solve those conflicts so that you can get to your ultimate intention and to your ultimate goal? And it's amazing that most of the time, when once people run into some conflict, something that's robbing their joy, they have no conscious effort in trying to understand 
how God says to deal with things. As a matter of fact, it's like when people get offended, they're like, I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive. You know something? You can forgive. Make the choice to forgive. There's always a God way to pursue the goal that you're after. And when you do, you'll always have peace in your heart. You'll have less chaos in your life. And in fact, that is a reflection of making God your source. Go back and listen to this end a couple times and check and see if God's really your source. Be sure and subscribe right now. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.